Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight. And I'm joined by John Roberts, our esteemed producer. Hello. And Sue Timberlake, our esteemed rhetorical bomb thrower. I mean, Republican. I mean, <laughs> good friend. Hi, Sue. Our, our, our esteemed polymatic. <laughs> I brought my flamethrower tonight, so. Woo-hoo! Oh, God. <laughs> I figured I'd need it after CPAC. I gotta. <laughs> well, I brought the chocolate. Jamra, do you have the, uh, the marshmallows and graham crackers? <laughs> I ate oh, all the chocolate. Boy. Darn it, the no s'mores. Oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> Sue is using oh a, a flamethrower defensively, apparently, which is an yes. interesting concept. Oh, yes. Oh, they were used in Vietnam defensively. Oh, I'm sure. So. Especially uh, when people were overrunning your hill. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. What has Mike? You say things. I'm here anyway. I will say say things things. by starting off by saying, as I try to do every episode, that we love to hear from listeners, uh, whether long time or casual. And you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Probably the simplest way is to email us, uh, and you can send your emails to civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Or you can uh, tweet at us uh, at Civil Politics FM or on Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio. You can find our community there. <clears throat> and finally, we do have our own special website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And that has recordings of previous episodes of the show, uh, supplemental episodes that we've done, and uh, links to other things that we might talk about or write or do, or just a whole bunch of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling, uh, weirdly optimistic right now. I mean, not weirdly, but like unusually, uh, 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 unfamiliarly optimistic right now. Well, optimism Mm. has been in short supply for the past, you know, five years uh, and more. So, uh, why though? Yeah, why are well, you hopeful? Yeah, why was well, the optimism because, coming from? Well, because President Biden said that with the new Johnson and Johnson uh, oh, approval, uh, right. uh, approval of that vaccine, that we will probably have enough for every adult uh, in the United States of America by May, which is soon, <clears throat> and that means we might well be able to actually lift lockdown requirements and whatnot in a non-stupid way by then and that would be great and those of us who say own businesses where we want people to come and sit around in our place and enjoy themselves and buy food and things from us that would certainly be helpful for our business plan (laughs) and the tax base yeah oh well yeah the tax base too sure yeah that's that's, that's not a bad thing I'm going to rain on your optimism a little bit, as is my want. Um, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine 
is uh, 65% um, uh, efficacy, I guess. I don't know what the, the right, but it can block the, the virus um, you having symptoms uh, up to 65% of the time. So not you know, as effectively as some of the other ones. It's not. It's definitely not as effective as, as the other ones with a two shot. I am glad it's around because it doesn't need to be stored at sub-zero temperatures. It, it's only one shot, which is something that I've really, really wanted because some people are going to be getting the shot, like their yeah. first shot, and then say, hey, I'm free, and then go do dumb stuff without getting the second shot. So just getting one shot. However... I do want to remind everybody that the Johnson & Johnson one is is most effective of keeping you out of the hospital. But or dying. It, or, 100% yeah, prevents yeah, you from dying. From dying yeah. or going to the hospital. It does not prevent you from getting gravely ill. Or passing it on to other people. Probably. Or passing it on to other people. The effects Actually, of, they're unsure of that, but... The uh, well, That's improving, the, right? The, either way, the effects of a uh, of COVID, some people hold on to symptoms that they've had for has been for months. There, there are people that are actually impacted by just having COVID. Like yeah. they, like they lose their they like some people. There have been reports of people losing hair or losing like their sense of smell. Just permanently or something like that so um i just want it's this is something that a lot of organs yeah yeah and, and, it, and it, it'll mess it can mess someone up for life yep. so this johnson and johnson thing is good but we still need to be careful and we still need to keep people from getting gravely ill and i would suggest that if you have a uh, a pre-existing condition or uh, a disability or something like that um like me i am going to be when i'm able to take the the vaccine i'm going to be looking for the uh the other ones that have two shots Pfizer or AstraZeneca. Yeah. Exactly. Because they are more effective of keeping you from just getting sick. Sure. If you are more able-bodied, I would I, – I, I think, this is my opinion, go look for the Johnson & Johnson one. See if, see if they have that. I'll take whatever they give me. You know? Yeah. Like I'm, it, it, I'm, I, I understand that. But like the but people I, that – I think I need to make a little correction in what you said. Which, okay. Um, I listen to this stuff really carefully. Yeah, yeah. So the Johnson Johnson is quote sixty seven percent effective, mm-hmm. and right. that's that's with all the variants that are out there now because it was just tested. Mm-hmm. The other vaccines actually weren't tested against all the variants, mm-hmm. so they're doing catch up now. So it, it is entirely possible that they are actually very similarly effective. All three vaccines. It's not proven yet. Hmm. because of the way Johnson and Johnson was just tested when the variants have been prevalent. So that's one thing. And the other is that all three of them are a hundred percent effective against hospitalization, severe disease and death. I understand that. So I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not saying I, like I said before, I'm not disputing that at all. I'm saying that some, like if you get, you can get sick without having to go to the hospital. You can yes. get like yeah. very ill and have COVID without without having to go to and, the hospital. This is and then, the hold oh, on the Johnson Johnson sure. one, as we know now, is is less effective than the other ones. Like I said, only 
Only like because I, it was tested against different, like different bugs. Like I said, like I said, I understand. However, if you it like we should keep an eye on this. We shouldn't be opening up too soon. Remember t- oh, that cool. you have to no matter which vaccine you take, you need to wait at least 2 weeks before you do anything more open. And I I highly suggest people like I said with disabilities, with uh pre-existing conditions, things like that to keep an eye on the reports for which which uh vaccine protects uh against against just symptoms more often uh with the different variants because long haul covid is a concern that we should have. It's it's a it, so, it is it, and this is something that we need to keep an eye on and and just because like if you have like a heart condition or if you have like uh mobility issues or breathing issues and uh we find that the 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 AstraZeneca or whatever have more effect on the variants as well then this is something who are more medically is, vulnerable should be uh, prioritized. Should get the for more that. effective vaccine. I That's agree. what I'm saying. So, like, I agree. Whichever the, so, the, I think what? I think Sue had a had a good point. Uh, what a follow up point too. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, just you know all, that like the the you know we can't be sure uh, uh, about whether or not we're comparing apples and apples when we're set, talking about the efficacy of Johnson and Johnson's newly tested vaccine against results from months ago. But, but still, yeah. I, 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 I agree. I in think fact, that, I've heard um, Fauci say that in exact sentence himself. So, well, okay. I was going to say, John read to what they say in New Orleans, true that, what you just said. <laughs> so, so um, I thought they said one, who dat. What, <laughs> it's no, only for football. Well, true that. Oh. <laughs> who dat is only for, is only for the Saints. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, but uh, what I was going to add to that is that all of them, they're unsure if you can still transmit because everybody, even if you've had the vaccine, you get the virus and your body fights it, right? And it's mm-hmm. about 28 days after your last shot, w- whether you have one shot or two, that you have, you know, full whatever you're going to get, full full immunity. But the, like you were saying, nobody should be going out, you know, sort of dancing <laughs> because yeah. they had the vaccine because they may actually get the disease and transmit it. They haven't really been exactly. able to figure out if it gets the viral load so low that you don't transmit. So you may be happily going along while you could transmit it to somebody else. So yeah, we have to, this is, it's sort of crazy that everybody thinks, okay, good, get rid of the mask. You know, we're, yeah. we're free at last. It's, it's just, it's, it's so, um, Texas is really jumping the gun here. It's irresponsible and dangerous. Gun. And yeah. I think Massachusetts yeah. is too, though. You know, Charlie oh, Baker yeah. hasn't, Charlie hasn't tossed everything. Yeah, he hasn't just said, right, all restrictions are lifted. But uh, yeah, actually, they exactly. can open up restaurants <clears throat> and roller, roller, roller rinks. And uh, yeah. yeah, wow. The, the 1970s are calling. Is, is Interstate 91 still open? I think I it closed. Have no clue. <laughs> well, I've got, I go by the roller place down on um, by exit 18, and they're open. They have a big sign. They're open, and the roller derby's going on with no, no. Oh um, well, roller derby, definitely. Yeah, got after <laughs> with the roller derby. 
And I am completely but, serious about this. I am not joking. <laughs> <laughs> Roller derby is awesome. I, um, I've never we seen should, it in person. I'll have to go I'm, see it. It's something yet, I'm, I'm indifferent to, but a friend of the show, Ann Talheimer, actually posts a lot about working as a ref at Roller Derby. So, you know, oh, I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm inclined to like it. <laughs> um, so talking well, about the... Uh, talking about they the Valley Free Radio. What say? I said so. They the roller the roller group here in Northampton actually has been very supportive and and was in the um, roller derby around our float a couple of years in the Gay yeah. Pride Parade Whoa. and have you know helped us with our fundraising and all that. So they're supporter of the station. And we are a supporter of them, from what I understand. So. We are. We've had well, a we relationship with them for for a while. Um, but talking about the uh, about restriction and everything, we can talk about Texas, um, and it's really it's really interesting. Like because they're seeing like they're finally seeing improvement and and some cases going down. Then they're then the governor's like, okay, everybody's good, let's go. You yeah. know, open up everything. Right? You know, like that's not how yeah. things work. That's not <laughs> you. You can't you can't do that because. Uh, things are improving because of the things that you're doing. If you stop doing those things, then we'll, they will stop improving. You dip. Uh, so I just want to mention that. I know you, you guys want to talk about that. It's it's yeah, he's lifting burdensome regulations, just like they did on their power grid, and clearly that's oh, been a big success. Good oh, the connection. Head of just just got fired. I think Erko Ercot. Oh yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Many yeah. people, many people that were in charge in leadership positions in uh, ERCOT and in um, well, the guy in ERCOT. That's that's yeah. actually kind of funny. He is he is getting let go, but in sixty days, uh, and what? they are yes, and they are going to, and he is going to be uh, um, part of the uh, process of updating the. Uh, of updating like policy and and things like that. So, sure, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a whole that's a really bad uh, thing. They're trying to, to get him to, to cooperate as he leaves, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be a part of the process, I guess. Yeah, that's what I say. Good luck with that. Did Fire you see him. Beto O'Rourke? He was talking about what the governor did. You know. It, with the mask, lifting the mask, and I, really I didn't see that, but work. I imagine he had something more intelligent to yeah, say than let's pointed. get rid of the restrictions. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he was like, "This is really well." And you heard Biden say it was Neanderthal. I think your guy, right, your president, <laughs> your president as well, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is my president. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's everybody's <laughs> president. Just, <laughs> it feels a lot better than when the pre, his predecessor would say, and we'd have to say our president. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, different sides of the aisle, but yeah, he he I doesn't usually call names, and he said, yeah, that it's a Neanderthal way of thinking, and it was Texas, and do you know what the other state was? I knew it, and I slipped my mind. There were two states that just threw, uh, yeah Mississippi, Mississippi I think, threw yeah. open the threw open the floodgates. I saw a little piece. I can't admit that I watched Rachel Maddow last night. Um, on replay, actually, it's but okay. she showed a graph that showed Mississippi. I couldn't remember it, but in Texas and you see the big peak of COVID and then it comes down and it's coming down really, really well. And about a week ago, it started to go up again. And Rachel's point was, yeah, can't they see that? That it already started to climb when they just did this again. 
Yeah. And, you know, spring break and all that stuff coming, yeah. at March Madness. There's apparently, a virologist. Uh, oh, go ahead, John. Apparently, um, the governor, uh, Greg Abbott, um, he has four medical advisors, three of which say they weren't directly consulted before the, he lifted the mask mandate. He just talked not, to one oh guy. Boy. I'm not surprised. Uh, or or a woman. I don't know. He just talked to one person. And then he was the like, cool, we're, we're good. Like, <laughs> he really needs to not be governor anymore. <laughs> Do you think he's trying to d- create a distraction so that nobody's really looking at what just happened with, you know, the water? A lot of people still don't have water in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Water and the power and the, all the damage, you know, sort of create a diversion. Oh, look. We'll open I wouldn't be surprised about that, and that's kind of tinfoil, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. <laughs> yeah. you can't figure bit. it. Well, and just there's – unfortunately, the, the leaders in the Republican Party, I think, are becoming uh, increasingly wed to sort of an extremist uh, uh, ideological position where, you know, like uh, – <clears throat> They've they've really made everything into a into sort of a, a purely partisan conflict. So you know whatever position Democrats stake out, they have to oppose it, even if the position is like you know don't stick your tongue in the light socket kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. and so an, an example, uh, uh, something we we've been chatting about before the show, but this is a, another thing is um, the the CPAC, the Conservative Political Action. Uh, Council, Congress, conference, whatever the second C stands for, um, but uh, there there was a lot of. Uh, 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 <clears throat> I'm sorry, conservative political action conference. Right, <clears throat> right. Uh, so at the conservative political action conference, uh, a number of the uh, uh, attendees, the people there were uh, really giving the hotel a hard time because the hotel insisted that people wear masks and otherwise try and behave, observe social distancing guidelines while they were guests at the at the hotel and more than once that was organizers in Florida I think right Orlando Orlando yeah think, yeah yeah and more than once organizers uh, I I saw a clip of organizers saying hey look uh we don't like it either but this is a private space where their guests they get to tell us what their rules are on their property. You know, if we respect property rights, it means we have to have to, you know, roll with this. And yeah, there were a booed. lot of Yeah, and <laughs> they know? got booed and murmurings from the crowd and apparently uh there was a lot of uh uh strife with uh hotel staffers who had to put up with that stuff. Yeah. So I saw some pictures and I was actually I I saw that footage too and I probably watched more CPAC than you you did because oh, you know for sure. that's my that's my thing. But um, they were actually showing parts of the crowd. And, you know, a lot of it had had thinned out before Trump spoke. But I noticed throughout the conference that I would say more people in that crowd had masks than I'd seen at most Republican things. So obviously some some people were grumbling, but obeying because they would show a crowd shot. And I was surprised at the number of masks that people were wearing. So a lot of, at least some um, of the people. A lot of conservatives um, that I've seen, like just in Congress, like watching Congress, they 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 complain about about mask orders and then they put on their mask. And yep. like a lot of them don't even do the the whole like 
under the nose thing or or like look it's around my chin so i'm wearing a kind of thing they just they just put it on and they just deal with it uh so i think people booed and then they're like well we have to or else we'll be asked to leave um yeah so i mean that's good i guess it's progress it's better than a, a trump rally well and you know trump had a lot of his rallies at, at federal properties and airports on purpose because he as commander-in-chief could actually orchestrate some mm-hmm. of the rules for that so yep. and the i i guess that was a private hotel in florida so yes yeah the good, hyatt yes yeah good for um, them for showing it yeah yes fun um, thing about that though uh, mm-hmm. I know that Mike mentioned this before with the show, the the the, the shape of the stage. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. That is if Good people times. haven't seen it, you've got to look you've got to see this. You gotta see this. I was shocked. I saw I think I saw it on C SPAN. They were pointing it out at one of the midnight shows or something. Just the only time I get to watch C SPAN now. But yeah, I, I don't know if you can describe one of you guys can describe it probably better than I can. I'll just be quiet and feel embarrassed. <laughs> well, I would say uh, if our listener really listeners really want to see it and they haven't already, uh, look up O D A L Rune, the Odal Rune, and you can see the the there. It's easy to find pictures that overlay like the shape of the rune, and you can see the stage from the right angle, and you can see that absolutely it is it is doing that, and that is uh, that was the symbol of a uh, of at least one branch of the Waffen SS of, you know, under Hitler. So it's absolutely a Nazi symbol. <laughs> Apparently and, the Hyatt uh, criticized CPAC um, over the stage resembling the symbol host- and hostility to employees. So oh, well, uh, good okay. on the Hyatt, the, the Orlando Hyatt or whatever this Hyatt was, you know. Yeah. They're uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just yeah, want to say going to have a link to that article, which has an example of the symbol. And I, and I just want to say, see. I think it's and unfair. And the stage to... is laid out that yeah. way. You can see it when you put it side by side. This is not secret encryption. This is the stage is the same yeah. shape with the yeah. lighting to enhance it. Yeah. And you look at that and go, oh, my God, it's a Nazi symbol from the yeah. stage of CPAC. Mm-hmm. And I can say that as a Republican in horror. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Oh, we know exactly what they were thinking. Yeah. It's, well, it's, somebody it's horrible. Was. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, this is the, you know, there are plenty of people in there at that conference who are devotees of QAnon, which is all about like interpreting, you know, secret messages and reading the tea leaves from an an anonymous poster on 8chan or whatever it's called these days. So 8kun. So the idea that, um, uh, you know, like, oh, this is, un- you know, like, oh, you crazy liberals shouldn't be reading anything into this symbolism. It's just a coincidence. It's like, it, no, no, <laughs> no. The, and look the, at it for yourself so you yeah. can really see it. Uh, no. It's, yeah. it's a geom- geometric shape. It's clearly yeah. lit to look like it. And there's no mistaking it. Yeah. When you and see it's an unusual shape, too. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, it's lopsided. Yeah. So. So, but also, I just want to say I've, I've I've seen some people criticizing the the Hyatt in Orlando for you know booking this event, and 
I got to say, I don't I don't think that's fair because, A, you know, with the coronavirus, I'm sure any kind of big event is going to be a welcome shot in the arm of cash. You know, uh, I think that's something that businesses like that are desperately going to need. But also, uh, you know, this year sort of perhaps is going to change that. But, you know, much as I am a, a lefty and I'm like, ooh, CPAC, that's where all the crazy conservatives go. And you're all like, they're like, dude, conservative, me, 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 you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, so I'm, I'm, I have a dim view of CPAC, but I still concede like, yeah, you know, it's a legitimate political event. You know, it's like, it's a major thing for people who are into those kinds of politics. And so, yeah, they have an annual conference and, you know, it's, it's a legitimate to book that I would think is if it were, you know, uh, Stacey Abrams were to organize a conference of, you know, voting rights activists in Atlanta, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, That's absolutely a thing a hotel should be able to book. Without Rush Limbaugh, it was quite a different event. That's for sure. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. How so? Yeah, it was, well, Rush, Rush is a, I don't know, he's, he gets a crowd going and he's a motivator and a promoter, you know, Mm. really sort of a, a showman. And, you know, he passed away this year, as you both know, yeah. and actually just recently. And um, it it had a, for me, it had sort of a, um, for, for a bunch of reasons, but it had kind of a almost um, fake feel. You know, it was mm-hmm. like people talk too loud and, you know, she does protest too much. Mm. It had kind of a hollow feel uh, for me, who's a life, you know, lifelong conservative. And um, I have to say, never mind the shape of the stage, which I didn't realize at the time. I somebody yeah. pointed it out after I had watched the fact. I've actually uh, made a the, study um, of you know some right wing craziness and and symbolism and whatnot, and I totally missed it. So yeah, yeah. So um, and maybe that was by design. I don't know. Oh sure. But the, the the golden the golden idol of Trump looked like you know looks like somebody in a clown suit, and I just I was horrified by it. I don't. Yeah. I don't. You know, it's like. Like I said, it almost felt sort of rococo, you know, it's like people pretending rather Mm. than, you know, people really being conservative. Um, Mm. And I can say that because, you know, as you know, one of our best friends called me a rhino, which I I think everybody else is a rhino who's behaving badly. But, um, yeah, I was I was horrified when I saw that statue of Trump in a sort of red, white and blue clown suit. And he's out of plastic gold. Made in China, no less. <laughs> this, oh God! And people were standing next to it to get pictures with it. And so, yeah, it was. Yep, it was horrifying. Yeah. Yep. Sue, are you gatekeeping the Republican Party? <laughs> yeah. Someone <laughs> needs to. It's true. I mean, I, I was going to say, like, I, I don't, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Trekkie at heart, and when I see a Star Wars convention, I'm like. Mm. You know, <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't have them. I, yeah, like, I would but never. Like, Deepak's really important to the conservative movement. I just a, I feel like it went off thing. the rails a little bit. Yeah, yeah it went if off it the rails a, a little bit. If it was a QAnon conference, then I might I might say maybe not. You know, yeah. but like you know, you have like flat earther conferences and everything. It's like it happens, and they need and people need to work. So. Yeah. You know, you have to, you can't, you can't just keep people from. I forget things. which amendment, freedom of association. That's that the would first, be the first it? one. Yeah. 
Oh, you were just okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think we need to take a break. We are sort of approaching yeah. that point. <clears throat> um, just like I, Congress this week. Yeah. I would mm. be. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, I would be curious, and and maybe the, you don't have a lot you want to say about this, Sue. But I would be curious if there was anything uh, in amongst the. Oh boy, isn't Trump awesome? Uh, aren't the aren't the liberals dumb? Blah blah blah. You know that I I saw from the highlights I saw at CPAC. Is there anything that you were like, oh wow, that actually makes sense, or oh that was good, or huh, yeah, we should that would actually be a good policy for the country. Maybe we should do that. I mean, you know, obviously you're you're not watching it for the Nazi symbolism or for the Trump idolatry. So <laughs> no, that was. That was the extra. Right. So, I mean, I'm just curious if there was anything you saw that you liked, anything you might want to highlight, say, check this out, actually. This guy said something interesting, you know, link to it in the show notes kind of thing. We should talk about this after the break. (laughs) That's fine. I just, it can be, I just didn't know if it was like a little short thing or if Sue actually had something she wanted to say about it. I'm actually looking at my notes to see if I could give you something, but... I'll be glad to do it after the break. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. <clears throat> so we're going to take a short break here on at Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we're going to play some PSAs, promos, station IDs, and, you know, satisfy the requirements of the FCC. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Do 
tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. John Roberts is still pushing the buttons and producing the show. Clickety-clack. And- <laughs> and- I don't know. <laughs> and Sue Timberlake, our long-suffering Republican, will uh, tell us about Proud a couple Republican. of- well, yes, but long suffering, as as you put it, you know, the weasels have thoroughly taken over Toad Hall. But you said there were, you know, a couple of of bright spots or noteworthy moments at CPAC. Uh, so tell us about them. You know, I'm I'm curious. Tell me what your side is up to. <laughs> Sorry. Are you though? Are you really? Never. <laughs> Vanity, that name is Mike. But anyway, go ahead, Sue. (laughs) uh, Well, there were, you know, there are a lot of interesting things at CPAC, but given our audience, you know, they're not going to be interested in most of them. But I thought they were probably. I mean, the stuff with the stage and the Golden Idol were interesting, but. I I mean, we don't. I mean, our our audience um, composition isn't just like leftists or something what what did you think was interesting i don't know from the mail we get yeah we get mail we get actual mail we don't have an address what how messages (laughs) so no i'm i'm actually interested in what you thought was interesting so uh, a couple of things and um and there are things that i think sort of reach across uh the chasm perhaps so they did a poll of the folks that were at cpac you know and they always do that stuff and they do straw polls about mm-hmm. presidents and things like that and by the way the the front runner in the the poll not trump i mean trump was the front runner but if no trump it was ron DeSantis of florida which wow. sort of surprised me but. well it was in orlando but yeah well, that does. Yeah, that, maybe that that's policy why. makes kind of sense. He's been a leader in, um, like pushing back against like mass restrictions and stuff. He's been, yeah, he's made a national name for himself. That doesn't really make that doesn't really surprise yeah, but me. But I didn't, I didn't think he had national recognition. But anyway, um, so the other two things is I'm going to mention the second one first because I think we want to talk about the uh, national popular vote. So I'll save that for the end. But um, the data poll they did, I thought was very interesting. So pretend for a minute. This isn't CPAC. Just suspend for a minute. Sure. Okay. This is is the order of importance to people of topics. And I know how you'll fill in the blank, but I just want you to suspend that just for a second. Just pretend you're at a conference and these were the answers. Any conference, anywhere. Uh, Fifth was um, taxes, budget spending. Fourth was reopening the economy. Third was immigration. Second was constitutional rights for people. Okay. And first was election integrity. Now, I'm presuming you're going to fill in the blanks because this was a Republican conference. But I, I'd argue that at a Democratic conference, those would also be the top concerns. You might have and phrased of course, them the differently, virus. but yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yep. this And probably really on the opposite side. I mean, yeah. it, it's that's that makes sense. 
Like that that yeah. list that that actually yeah. that order actually does make sense. Um, I agree. Yeah. Like it's not like so sinister or something that like that's a, like in constitutional uh, rights. People are concerned. That's clearly yeah. a uh, like that's clearly uh, worried about like the first and definitely the second amendments. But um, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Privacy, yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff's really yeah. important. Really, really important. And, you know, look at all the voter suppression stuff that's going on. Now, I might call it non-voter su- suppression, but the, I'm trying to get a rise out of you guys. Never mind. Anyway, what? but voter because <laughs> they call it voter suppression. But if you don't think they're voters, then it's non-voter oh. suppression of non-voters. See, yeah, sorry. That's true. Never mind. Yeah, well, on that's the other hand, if they're not eligible voters, there's nothing to suppress. They're just not allowed to vote. Well, I mean, well, they, the, if you're not so, that that makes sense. Like, if you don't think that someone has the right to vote, then suppressing their vote isn't really voter suppression, now, is it? Right, that's yeah, no. sinister, though. <laughs> yeah. That's sinister. Okay. So, um, the other thing that I thought was interesting, because I just thought I'd mention that, since I know that you share a lot of those concerns, you know. Yeah, I mean, I put it like put, you know, uh, uh, expanding voting rights rather than election integrity. I mean, after yeah. all. You know, uh, pretty much everybody, you know, including Republicans and Trump uh, administration officials were talking about how the last November's election was, you know, very secure. It's one of the most secured elections that we've ever right. had in the so, country. Yeah. So I'd say election integrity, check. We've got it. You know, what's yeah. the next problem? And that anyway, was 62% of the folks mm-hmm. that were polled, by the way, Yeah. Um, and came in number one. And you notice, I thought it was strange that there was not, no mention of the virus or the pandemic. Well, I think that's kind of subsumed under steps Everything. five and four, yeah. you know, the economy and and also to some extent rights. Like, oh, I should, I should have the right to not wear a mask if I don't want to. Yeah. You know. Or the teachers, I should be the right to be safe at work. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Um, so the only other thing I'd mentioned from it, like I said, I probably, you know, would have enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than you guys would. Um, yes. <laughs> there was a statement about stopping the mess. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, different reasons. Good point. Both both enjoy it, but for different reasons. Um, stop the national popular vote. And uh, it was an ad that ran in the middle of CPAC. And it was really the argument was that if you have a national popular vote, um, Socialism and the and the coast will will name the president. So drop the word socialism and just say you know the the highly dense coast of the U.S. probably will decide the president if we go to a national popular vote. No, not necessarily. Well, I I have a counter to that. Even if we accept that premise, which okay. is well, okay. So for one thing, um, you know, Joe Biden got. Uh, Five million and change votes in New York, and he got five million and change plus a bit more votes in Texas. And the votes that Biden won in New York counted for a lot, and the votes he got in Texas counted for nothing. Yeah, yeah Donald Trump got uh, more votes. Winner in, takes all. It got more votes in California than in any other state, and none of them mattered worth a darn because, you know, it was California. Yeah, and and it's here California. in Massachusetts. Uh, actually, I don't remember the exact numbers, the, the the percentage from 2020, but certainly in 2016, Hillary Clinton got 1.9 million votes here in Massachusetts and Donald Trump got one. So that's, you know, a two to one advantage. And those million votes were meaningless. 
Yeah. If we change it so that it's an actual national popular vote, you know, the million votes in Massachusetts are worth something. And they're worth a million votes, one person, well, one vote. Right. And it's worth something for Republicans to, you know, for the Republican candidate to spend some time uh, campaigning here in Massachusetts to try and expand that. I mean, you know, if you if you can boost your your turnout by, you know, even 10 percent, that's another hundred thousand votes. And that's I mean, it's only a small margin here in a, a nation of, you know, 150 million or however many voters. But still, 100,000 votes is 100,000 votes. And if you can bump it by, you know, uh, uh, by 25 percent, that's a quarter of a million votes. So, I mean, you know, it, it matters. It also gives more incentive for uh, the Republican Party to organize more effectively here in Massachusetts. And as as you were lamenting off the air, Sue, Massachusetts really uh, for – you know, for 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 better and also definitely for worse, uh, is essentially a one-party machine state. Yeah, except for the so, except for the governor. Yeah, right. and and in part the governor is is sort of. Uh, I mean, I'm not the hugest fan of Charlie Baker, but in some extent, that's our he's our our fig leaf, our our token. You know. <laughs> Whatever, you know, because well, because here's the thing: it's an easy way to be like we're going to have some kind of bipartisanship and a check on the power of the the Democratic Party. But you know, like the state house can overrule him and his vetoes anytime they really easily. want to. Yeah, yeah, easily. So it, yeah, it's it, interesting. It, we're a funny state. Yeah, it plays into the uh, you know the the conservative impulses. You know the let's not rock the boat and ruin the good thing we got going impulses on both sides to like have a Republican governor. It's like, oh well, you know, Governor Baker vetoed it, and you know that's just how it is. You know, um, you know. So, and anything the people get really pissed off about that he does, then the state house can motivate itself to do something. But yeah. so I think that stuff could could start to change if we see an actual national popular vote. You know, it's worth it to, for Republicans to campaign in California and it's be worth it for Joe Biden to have campaigned in Texas. You know, I mean, look how well he did. And, you know, they didn't put a ton of effort in. Imagine how much better they do if, you know, they could maybe eke out another million votes. Yeah. And every vote was valuable. Right. I wasn't going to mention this, but I will mention it just because we're sort of on this topic. Mm -hmm. They also proposed... Um, one election, one election day for president. So not having all these primaries, having just one sort of one day. I think that's an interesting argument. I have to think about it more. I don't but understand. Do you mean like so an that, instant runoff uh, in November or do you mean like a one day is presidential primary yes. day like in June or something? Well, you know, I, I wasn't going to mention this because um, we sort of talked about the other topics. But that um, one of the other things that was proposed is that they they basically uh, they certainly were proposing that there be basically one election day, sort of the same um, the same day for uh, presidential races, you know, the primaries, so that it's ah, not so spread like out all over the yeah instead of a rolling primary, and you know that really disadvantages people that aren't established and don't have a lot of money, you know, because a lot of folks have come from behind and build to a crescendo to sort of win their party's nomination. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just having the vote the same day. I mean, I think the argument was also for regulations being the same, you know, sort of mm -hmm. doing away with the state primaries and all that and so making it much more consistent. And 
I, I don't know. We'll uh, and I think just having one day that's the presidential election itself so that you don't have, you know, sort of early voting and late voting and um, stuff rolling in after the fact to be counted. So I it, it wasn't a fully formed idea, but it was just it was just an interesting proposal because people have said that before. But then only the you know, the people that have the whole party machine behind them have a chance because nobody else can garner those kinds of resources to yeah. run countrywide at the same time. Yeah, so, to, to, I mean, to build your name recognition. I see the logic. I, I think a, I think a, a, a campaign season makes sense. I don't think it should be as long as it is. I think we need to st- I think we need to you know yeah. to cram it into I don't know six months anyways to say like you can't actually you know I mean, even can't have- six months for a, for a come from behind candidate that's a little short. I'd say a well, year. Well, the first, well, the first primary being in uh, beginning of May, I don't think is crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say like two years, but I'd still say like we yeah. do like in it, especially for a country as big as ours. Yeah. Um, like we, like we see, uh, we see primary seasons or, or like election seasons last like six weeks, you know, in other countries. But they, you know, that's like the like, UK. Yeah, yeah, that's like a country the size of. You know, well, Utah New England, or something, you know, yeah, yeah it's the size of, of a state. So uh, that would make sense for them because they can just literally go to everybody's house, you know, but <laughs> well, um, they also, yeah. you know, they also have like a state, you know, broadcasting channel. Service, exactly. So yeah. It, but it makes um, things different when we're talking about like, you know, like like candidates like Yang, you know, yeah. um, who didn't have a shot. Let's be real about it, but yeah. still had an effect, had a had a big effect, big effect. on the uh, yeah. on the conversation and on the primaries. So having those, but I mean, if the Republicans want to just not have a primary, then that's that's their business. It's not like a state yeah. thing, you know. It's not like a constitutional thing to have primaries. No, the state parties could all do it. Yeah. Although they have to negotiate in the state so that they have, you know how the primaries work for both parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have like I the mean, laws. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you like, if the Republicans really want to have primaries, like change their primaries. Yep. They can do it. They can do it. Yeah. They, I mean, yep. yeah, go with God, you know, like <laughs> go for it. Um, we, the primaries between the Democrats and the, and the Republicans work differently anyway. Uh, yeah. They have different rules and they have different um, ways of uh, of accounting. And sometimes for different terms. dates. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So you know whatever. Uh, I mean, just uh, going back to the to the national popular vote thing. Um, the the amount of people in the most populous areas in the country aren't enough to sway an election. Like there's not enough people. Like even if like all the people in LA and all the people in in New York and all the people in Atlanta and you know like all the 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 most popular the most populous cities, if they all voted Democrat, which they wouldn't obviously. Like if they all voted just straight up Democrat, that wouldn't overrun the the votes of you know people in. I don't know, like. Utah or, or Tennessee or anything like that. Like you wouldn't have enough votes just from the people on the coast because I mean, and like Mike said, like all, not all the people on the coast would vote Democrat. Well, I think it's know? also worth noting if you're talking about people in coastal states, 
like, yeah, that includes all up and down the West Coast and all up and down the East Coast. But it also includes, you know, the Gulf Coast, you know, Alabama, uh, uh, Louisiana, uh, Texas, you know, those states are also coastal. I think so, they're going more urban versus rural. Sure, I, I get that. Yeah, um, and that's that's, I mean, to some degree, that's what the electoral college does: is it balances up the uh, the, the the agricultural states. Uh, I mean, sure, I know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna say there's two components. How can we can we leave it at that? There's two parts to that. You know that it 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 does it does give more weight to some of the rural states than they yeah. would otherwise have. How's that? But so does the Senate. Is that a better way? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's... And the Senate's can, not like a once every four years thing. It's an actual branch of government that gets to do stuff all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's six-year terms, too. They also heavyweight right. it. So yeah. that the poor mm-hmm. reps are getting running for office every two years. Yep. And the senators, you know, get in and they stand. They can luxuriate. I mean, yeah, like, yeah I agree that the... That the, uh, that the, the college gives more power to the smaller states that's not a good thing but i agree that it's a thing (laughs) well in particular yeah the historical reason for that is what's really troubling but well well, that's yeah and that the effect is (laughs) yeah and that's certainly a thing but also consider even setting aside the you know a voter in north dakota has more influence on the presidential presidential election than a voter in California. You know, both of them have only a minuscule effect individually. It's just that in the aggregate, a vote in Arizona, in in North Dakota does more than a vote in California. But let's set that aside for the moment and think about this. At the moment, there are only about I don't know six eight states that have any real relevance to presidential campaigns. You know, like, like, you know, fracking was a big deal in uh, the election last November because it's a big deal in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Yeah, right. And and sure, fine. Like, I'm not saying that's unimportant. And those states certainly have millions of people and matter. But, you know, like the concerns of voters in New York, you know, the particular concerns of voters in New York aren't going to be addressed except, you know, by accident, by happenstance. Because, you know, well, you know, that state's going to go Democrat, you know, Biden's going to win there. So so not only does did did Trump not spend a lot of time campaigning there trying to, like, persuade people, neither did Joe Biden. Yeah. You know, I mean, if yeah, anything, it was given, it was given. Right. The Electoral College, if anything, well, not. Well, all right. A couple of things. One, it lets our politicians be lazy. It lets them focus their energies and only and funds on only a few key states. So it's like, all right, you know, but also um, it means that uh, the interests uh, and particular local peccadilloes of a few states are what determines so much about how this nation functions. And, you know, nothing against Pennsylvania, but I don't know that it's the most representative state in the country, you know. Uh, I don't know that uh, Ohio is the most representative state in the country, you know? Pro tip, it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, because you have all these states that are just like, well, they're not in play, it, it also means that uh, the entrenched interests that control those states get to keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, 
I was like, well, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, we care about farms and we care about farms in a certain way that that uh, advantages uh, uh, sort of family ownership. You know, families that own land have a large amount of control over uh, politics in the state. And it's like, you know, um, uh, when you basically have like a, a, a small coterie of people who own the land calling the shots – you're kind of verging into, you know, serfdom. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of what medieval European nobility was. So maybe that's not the best thing for a democracy, you know, and also Iowa, of course, is not exactly, Corn. you know, it, it, yep. well, it's, Corn. it's a super Lobby. white state too. So, you know, uh, this is also why uh, primaries, like if you have primaries, they should be uh, rolling. So like every, yeah. Every uh, four years, they, or uh, they, they should be a different Oops. state. First. Yeah, because just everybody going to New Hampshire and Iowa, Yeah, that's not – no. Uh, <laughs> like there, there would be a like – You're not a traditionalist? <laughs> no. <laughs> if something works, then that's fine. But if something is <laughs> – isn't doesn't work or can be improved then you should do that that's yeah. it works for me and my party oh well that's nice just i'm kidding. thinking about like <laughs> i mean it everybody does. okay um, but yeah. i'm thinking about improving it just for the country at large not just for yeah. people that agree with me but just uh like the conservatives in um maine have no control like they they can't yeah. influence the, well, the beginning of the primary season you well, know? Governor LePage, you know, is, is an example of how conservatives had, you know, some some pull in, in Maine. But well, I mean, nationally, like like yeah. if you had Maine yeah. or if you had like, I don't First, know, Tennessee, yeah, it'd be a very different election. Yeah. It would oh, be a different election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If absolutely. you had like Utah as the I don't know why I keep harping on Utah, but if you had Utah as the first state in the nation it's to have to say, a primary, Utah, then it is fun to say. Then uh, the 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 people running for president, just the people running for president, the people that would be successful, would be like that would just change the people that would run. Yeah, and you we know? could probably say pretty securely that the interests of the Mormon folks who predominate. Um, Utah politics would be first and foremost because mm -hmm. yeah. they'd have to address those to get through the Utah primary. Can you imagine if it was Georgia? Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my God, it would that would be amazing. Be, be fascinating. I would and, love yeah. it. And like I'm a, very like glad, a, like having like a a state where there are like a bunch of black people being the first state. Yep. Like a lot of New England transplants in Atlanta. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or it'd like be just very like interesting. South Carolina. Or something yeah. like yeah. like someplace with like a large black population having the chance to be to be first uh, in the nation to to yeah to, like that would completely change the the the, the electoral yeah. equation completely and utterly um, well and or like I, the, the primary equation sorry well so, and, and I also got to say you know the idea that like you know uh, the the heavily Mormon leaning population of Utah having a lot of sway over the country, you know, as a, you know, snarky nerd atheist from New England, I'm like, I don't know, you know, like they seem nice enough, but I'm not sure the way I see the world and the way they see the world. I, I'm not sure I want their views 
really having too much sway over things because well, you know i have a lot of feelings i have a lot of feelings about all the catholics on the supreme court as a as a feminist i have a lot of worries about that can i say yeah, that yeah, out yeah, loud yeah. on the radio I, I, <laughs> no no i, I, I end in the presidency now congratulations yeah right i i agree because like you know not you know certainly there's plenty of smart intelligent catholics out there and i don't think there's necessarily should be a disqualification for the supreme court but it is a particular sort of cultural worldview and upbringing and it's not one i share and it'd be nice if uh you know uh, uh there were others on the supreme court yeah exactly yeah you know but i blame mitch mcconnell for that yeah, well, they, yeah. so i got a i got a vision <laughs> for you guys talk a about bomb thrower i all right. Yeah. yeah throw, throw your yeah. bomb. We've why, got a few why minutes do you left. throw Plenty these bombs with like five minutes left in the episode? <laughs> Two minutes. Okay. Believe this. Taste in your mouth. So the other thing I didn't mention about CPAC was that one of the other candidates that finished in you know single digits, but was still a presidential possibility aside from Trump. And so Ron imagine this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Ron DeSantis. So imagine Nikki Haley running against Kamala Harris, two Indian American women. Hmm. I think uh, that would be in a big embarrassment for the Republican Party. Oh, they, just, she would I, not. She would not get conserv- like a lot of conservative votes. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I just I, I, <laughs> like Kamala. No, uh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. I, I, I think <laughs> like a woman of Nikki color. Haley is, yeah. Well. Yeah, and even even if uh, Republicans, you know, the even if the Odal Rune segment of the electorate overlooks <laughs> that, it's just you know, uh, Kamala Harris has a much more impressive track record, and uh, uh, Nikki Haley has said some really painful things that are you know on tape, ready to be trotted out at a moment's notice. So. You know, there's that. Well, I just thought I'd share that sort of vision with you that the two, uh, you know, the, the I, first time there was a real race between. Uh, it would be fantastic. People of color. It would be mm. fantastic, though. I got to say, if Nikki Haley were to be our next president, I would find that really discomforting. <laughs> I don't think she's up for the job, but. You know. Yeah. You know. Anyway, crazy lefty me. What do I vision, know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The vision for you guys. It's possible. Write I, down your grenades before we can have a whole show on your grenades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should we should make a list. <laughs> well, because they're shallow and they go off like a flashbang and then they're gone. So. <laughs> shallow flashbang? Did I hear my name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bring, bring us home, Mike. Bring us home. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next, we've got uh, the great music show Subculture, followed by uh, Table of Contents, and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we're going to have a podcast of this show coming out probably in the wee hours on Monday morning. Uh, so uh, you can stream us on all the various devices and services there. Uh, we will also be having a repeat airing Monday at four in the afternoon. So I hope you're listening to us then. And good afternoon if you are. And um, that'll do it for us. And uh, yeah, uh, good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.